Okay, so imagine these softest sheets you've ever felt, and now imagine them getting even softer with every wash. Told you guys about this company before, but I'm gonna tell you again, and I'm honestly not gonna stop telling you because they are the best sheets on the market. In a recent customer survey, 96% said that Bowen brand sheets get softer with every wash, which I didn't take that survey, but if I did, I would have been in the 96% because I am telling you, it's like you've tried them at first and you can't believe that they could get softer and then they just continually do. A lot of things I like about this company. First of all, they're made with the rarest 100% organic cotton and are completely free from toxins. Second of all, they're buttery soft, but also breathable. So they kind of work in any season. They have over 11,000 reviews, 30 night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Their signature sheets come in 13 versatile colors in all sizes. So from twin up to California King, I have them in the color stone. I have the color mineral. I have a waffle blanket. Like I got a lot of things from this company and everything is just quality. I so badly need you to try them so that you can understand what I mean. I'm telling you, I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and everyone I know is hooked. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bowl and Branch. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code CBC at bowlandbranch.com. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code is CBC. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Isabel. And welcome back to another episode of Comments by Bravo. Hey, Is. Hey, Emma, how's it going? It's the latest week we've had in a while. Oh my God. Our outline hasn't been less than like 15 pages in months. So to see this week where we only have a couple shows going on versus Vanderpump, like <laughs> I feel like we always feel this way when there's sort of that transition period going from four or five shows to one or two or three. And we're in that right now because just the way the schedules line up. But I think particularly right now, this gap after Vanderpump is really, really we're feeling it. I'm sorry, before we get into anything, you got to tell them about your Friday night. (laughs) No, like... (laughs) Guys, you don't understand, okay? I actually need you to pretend that you're like Emma and Julie in this situation, specifically Emma, because she wasn't there. But... Friday night, I'm at my best friend's engagement party on this beautiful rooftop in Manhattan. And just to sort of like paint the picture of what we're working with here, okay? It's a closed event with 100 people. And I know basically everybody there. I literally helped plan this event. So I knew what I was walking into and it was a very like controlled environment. So about an hour into the party, the tequila is flowing And one of my friends comes up to me and says, okay, I'm not sure, but I really think that the bartender is Ariana Maddox's new boyfriend. And honestly, it just didn't really register. But I just remember thinking like, wow, that's such a niche reference. Like, of course, I'm the first person that she came up to to say, because obviously I know about Ariana's new boyfriend. And I just sort of moved on with my night. And then my same friends come up to me and they're like, it is Ariana's new boyfriend. I had to sit down for a second. I'm like, my brain was not computing. What do you mean Ariana's boyfriend, who I've spoken about on my podcast, is making my tequila sodas with lime right now? <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm just like asking them all these questions. I'm so confused. I'm looking on Instagram they chatted with him. He was like kind of coy about it. So sweet, by the way, could not have been sweeter. So I went up and talked to him. We had like a little bit of back and forth. And 
I, I'm texting Emma and Julie in our group chat. Julie's there. I don't, I don't like, it's all kind of blurry, but I'm texting Emma like, I know you're not going to believe me. And I know you're going <laughs> to think that this is just the Casamigos talking, but Ariana's boyfriend is the bartender. No, no, no. Like POV, okay. POV, you're me. You wake up at 6.30 a.m. Saturday morning to pee and it's just a photo from Isabel, a selfie of her and Ariana Maddox's boyfriend. I was like, you are, uh, I've heard the best things about you and like, you guys are like amazing. I'm so happy for you. Like, I'm like leaning over the bar. Like my dress is getting so wet. My friend (laughs) friend Carly Carly said to him, she said, you don't understand. Like you are with the people's princess. I'm like, Carly, be fucking chill. (laughs) Literally in my tequila, Ariana's boyfriend, Haze, I was like, if this is really real, because I still was like not convinced. I can't wait to tell this on the podcast because no one will appreciate this more than all of you. Like, what a fucking small, crazy world we live in. I'm just so happy that anecdote happened for us to start any podcast with, but specifically a week where it's a little bit later. Like, we needed Ariana Maddox's new boyfriend to serve you your tequila soda in order for us to have an intro for this episode. I was like, I know you don't understand how funny this is, but I'm going to explain to you that this is like very funny. Yeah. (laughs) Someone out there will understand how crazy this is. Yes, yes. (laughs) Wait, so before we get into Secrets Revealed, I just wanted to ask you this because Julie and I were talking about this on the regular episode this week. I'm sure you guys saw that both Ariana and Brielle posted on their story for Croy for Father's Day, which under normal circumstances would be very expected. As we know, they have a very close relationship with him. And I was mentioning this on the podcast and Julie said to me, well, were you surprised by that? Like, didn't that seem kind of normal? And my response, which I'm really curious to hear yours and what everyone else thinks is like, if this divorce hadn't been covered in the way that it was, of course I would have expected them to post. And of course I don't feel as though the kids should be placed in the middle, but everything that we had been hearing and just how nasty it got, I absolutely could have seen a world in which they weren't posting because their loyalty was kind of to Kim. Again, I'm not saying the kids should be in that role, but specifically with Brielle and Ariana, it always felt like they had that real friendship with Kim that like I could see that being the case. So I was actually so happy to see them posting because to me that signals some civility. I, I just, where where'd you land on that? I have to say I was really shocked actually that they did post because whether or not they're aligning with Kim or Croy or kind of stuck in the middle in terms of the divorce, in normal circumstances, fucking double grid post for Croy. Like they love him, dad of the year. He's the best guy ever. I I do think though my immediate reaction was, or my immediate sort of assumption was that they would be like on Kim's side quote. But this is just now this whole thing I've made up in my head, but like maybe they're not. Maybe Kim's in the wrong. Maybe they're still supporting Croy. Maybe they're not getting involved. All of this to say, I was surprised that they posted yes. I was surprised, but I was also very happy, actually. Exactly. I want to make that clear. I was surprised in a very positive way because in the dream situation, even if this divorce was as nasty as it's being portrayed, the kids wouldn't be stuck in the middle. And so that wouldn't prevent them from posting one way or another. But like, I I just... I really didn't know. So yeah, I'm curious to hear other people's thoughts on that. I don't know though. This this shit is not good. It is not good. I need like Chef Tracy Bloom to just like sit down and explain everything to me because it is really, it's eating me alive. Oh, get me Bloom on the case. You are so right. That's who I want to hear from. She knows yes. everything. 
if those walls could talk in that kitchen with that mirror and the red solo cups, we'd be hearing some shit. Forget about it. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Okay, getting into Vanderpump Secrets Revealed, I know obviously the moment we need to talk about is Tom and Ariana on the roller skating date. But just as a side for a second, the scene of Peter and Raquel having to repeat the conversation because he blacked out and didn't remember her ending it with him was really excellent television. So funny, so classic, so old school. And like for a brief moment, took me out of it all. Like there were some moments in this where it wasn't about Tom and Ariana and Raquel. And I was okay with that. And it it made me laugh. Well, forget about making me laugh and taking me out. It reminded me that there were other things to this season. As far as I was concerned, Peter and Raquel never happened. You know, that feels like another life. We were so in deep with everything Scandival. And like, by the way, there was a whole other show going on. And I do think that that's why the secrets revealed was important because it reminded us of that, you know? I mean, that's why I laugh at past us who like cared and was obsessing over the details of Raquel and Schwartz. I'm like, literally get a life. Like, why do you guys care so much when I'm listening to us from like six months ago? Like, and it's like, we really did care. And that's how I feel also like they really gave it their all as that as a storyline when you're watching the show of them talking about it and asking about it and rehashing it and getting their feelings about it. It's like, yeah, it was interesting, but it's so not interesting and it's so small and so silly at this point that like, I, I just can't even believe what we what we thought. We thought that was like, the biggest, I like, I can't, I remember how we felt and it's crazy. They all did. Even the producers, everyone, that was a thing. That was a storyline. That was old school Vanderpump is back, baby. And like, oh my God, to be so young and naive. Yeah, we didn't even fucking know what was about to hit us. I mean, no. I honestly felt even the the opening scene where Schwartz and Katie are sitting on her bed and they're talking about the divorce and talking about if they're going to date. I don't know if you felt this way, but for me, their interactions throughout the season were so far removed from two people that would be sitting in the bed of their mutual home together talking. Like, I almost forgot about this period. Well, I actually was so happy to see this scene because I think it was sort of 
a part of their relationship and like a puzzle piece that we were sort of missing in our brains. Like I pictured them as like, I don't know, I can't barely picture them living together. I couldn't picture them talking and having these dynamics. Like, didn't this sort of fill in a gap for you of them having these emotions and conversations and like period of transition? Yes. And that's another reason that I think if I'm Katie, I'm, again, it's water under the bridge at this point, but I'm kind of annoyed that these things weren't shown because I actually think these conversations potentially make her reaction to the Raquel makeout to a lot of people maybe more warranted. We weren't feeling the depth of it because we weren't like experiencing the pain and seeing these conversations. But when you actually go through the motions of that, like there's so much more to it. And these were the kind of scenes that, yeah, if I'm Katie, of course they're painful, but I want people to actually be on the journey with us. Honestly, like it's not a good edit for Schwartz, but I do because like of what he did, but I do think it was important for him too to see like she didn't just divorce him and he like skipped into Schwartz and Sandy's the next day. Like there, there, there was emotion into it and there was like a mourning period. I know. And you know, it's so strange because for a couple that we have watched for so many years and we've seen the ups and downs and we've seen the way that they've both been so emotionally impacted by it, there was definitely a part of me watching this season that even though I was certainly on Katie's side when it came to the Raquel makeout and I did understand why that was so upsetting to her, the emotion wasn't hitting me in the way that I maybe would have expected to on either end. And you're right. This was like a a piece of connectivity, at least for me. Because when I'm watching Katie and Schwartz like in Mexico fighting about the Raquel kiss and the status of the relationship, like those two people are strangers in my eyes. Exactly, exactly. So then I'm seeing them like with him laying on the end of their bed in their house that they're putting up for sale together, crying and asking about dating and like this intimacy that we haven't seen in so long. I'm like, oh yeah, you guys were like legit married. Okay, I'm sorry. We got to get into the roller skating. The foreshadowing in this scene is literally, literally, you could not write this. Like Shakespeare is actually rolling in his grave. Okay, I got to read this one verbatim. So they're talking about the pool party, how everyone's invited and saying that, you know, Katie and Lala are both not so into Raquel, of course, don't love the fact that she's invited. And Ariana says to Sandoval verbatim, I said to Katie, you're going to have to work really hard to get me to not just absolutely love Raquel. I love her so much and we spent so much time together on trips and we really have this really beautiful little friendship family and them saying stuff like, well, I wouldn't trust Raquel around my man. I'm like, we've all stayed in houses together. It sucks that you guys don't have that kind of friendship family that we've had the last few years with each other. And Tom responds, it's just like this transparent love that we have. (laughs) No, I mean- no, 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 no. That is, I, I like have chills even hearing you read it again. You can't, you, you would think that they planted them there and wrote this on a script to put in Secrets Revealed. It's literally stranger than fiction. It, it also like, not that we need reminding of this, but reminds you that, yes, the ultimate portrayal is Tom to Ariana, but it was almost equal with Raquel. Like that friendship was there. She loved her. She rode for her. She considered her basically family. I get what she means. Like, don't you, we have this, like this friendship family bubble kind of thing. Like I so deeply feel that. And it's a different level than just like one of your girlfriends. Like they were fully traveling together. Like there was no limits. And 
pre-Scandoval, I fully understand exactly what she's saying. Like, it makes sense to me for her to say, like, the other girls just don't understand this bond and relationship in this little group that we have. Because I I get that. I was actually going to say that to you. It's like, I think for a lot of people hearing this, let's say Scandoval never happened. They still wouldn't have necessarily been buying what Ariana was selling because maybe they don't have that kind of dynamic to relate to. And so it does seem atypical and uncommon and something that for your average person maybe would kind of perk their ears up. But I feel like specifically with me, you and Julie and like in relationships that we've had, it it does exist in this friendship family. Like I know exactly what she's referring to. So it's like, I don't think she sounds crazy when she's talking because I get the safety that she felt and I can't blame her for feeling that safety. Shame on them for betraying her trust, but not shame on her for feeling safe in a situation that a lot of people wouldn't feel safe in. Right. And I fully felt her of like, they just don't understand because like, I, I was like, yes, I understand what you had. They just blew it up and it just makes it 10 billion times worse when she says, I said to Katie, you're going to have to work really hard to get me not to just absolutely love Raquel. It's like, narrator, Katie didn't have to do fucking shit. (laughs) Narrator, Katie did not have to lift one single (laughs) finger. (laughs) It's That was just so nuts. When Sandoval's eyes, when she says the thing about not trusting her with men. It's so crazy. What about when Charlie and Raquel come over to Tom and Ariana's house to console Ariana about Charlotte, hand her flowers? This is the day after boys' night, which was the first night they hooked up. I mean, having that added context and watching Sandoval greet Raquel in their home really just makes you feel icky. And he, behind Ariana, Ariana's chatting with Charlie, but you hear him like giving Raquel a hug, like, oh, it's been so long. I barely recognize you anymore. Like obviously sarcastic and like trying to be funny and flirty. It is the perfect imagery of, it is literally going on right behind her, like under her nose. They're in her kitchen. They're coming over to hang out with her. There's four people in the room. And you know, she would, even if she did hear that, would never think twice because he's just like making a silly joke. He saw her the night before. She knows that Raquel was at boys night, but she doesn't know that they fucking had sex 24 hours before. It's crazy. And then they're sitting there debriefing all this shit with Schwartz and with Lala. It is honestly so eerie how cool they can play it and not even be giving each other like looks or stumbling or any nervous energy that's that's what's like even creepier about it, you know? You're watching them all have this like four-person group discussion and there's not a flinch. Because again, it feeds into what I believe is the truth, which is they're not upset that they did it. They're upset that they got caught. They Whether or not they're going to admit it, they would do it all over again, or at least Sandoval certainly would. Of course. One, he'll never really apologize in the way that is necessary, but he also will never effectively communicate that feeling of ecstasy that he had and the rush he was getting from all of this. And I think if push came to shove, if he was really being honest about it, he would never have traded that feeling that he felt in this moment when Raquel came in the house and he could hug her physically behind Ariana's back. Like I still think he would look back at this and consider those moments highs because those are the moments that he felt the most. Right. Like he can't believe he fucking pulled it off. Yes. Um, he, on a high from the whole thing. I really feel that way. Oh my God. It's so, it's just, what about Schwartz on a first date? <laughs> He's such a little doofus, but like, this is funny. I don't know. I, the, the concept of like, you're just on hinge and all of a sudden it's Tom Schwartz. That was killing me. <laughs> That's what I said. I'm watching with my sister. I'm like, 
if I'm swiping and I just see Tom Schwartz after like tracking his divorce on Instagram and I see him on Hinge, I would just die. I mean, I feel like Raya is one thing, but to see him on Hinge, I think that yeah. throws you for a loop, no? Right. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah, I know what I'm doing here. What are you doing here? Right, right. Wait, also, hold on. When LVP is sitting down with Katie, Lala, and Christina, and they're talking about Raquel being in the jacuzzi, and Lala's like, yeah, it was very weird that Tom stayed at the barbecue when Ariana's grandma died. I just have to imagine that Lala looks back on a conversation like that with LVP and is like, God, I nailed that. I know. And this brings me back to that turning point that you and I had when we were like, okay, so this wasn't out of thin air. Like this was not only a thought people had, but it was a conversation and discussion and a talking point of like really everyone speculating. And like, I'm not still disappointed, but it, it, it is an adjustment I still am actually actively making of just how deep the conversation and speculation actually went about this. Also, wait, okay. This sit down where Sheena and Raquel are beating or whatever they're doing, and she catches basically Schwartz and Sandoval in the lie, like that Raquel is openly being like, yeah, I slept over, I crashed, it was no big deal. And they're saying, no, 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 she didn't sleep over. Like so hardcore denying it that it seems sketchy. And Brock is like, "What? what's going on here? That was like, oh, the home wrecking line was also one that you couldn't write. Right, when Sheena says, I was the OG home wrecking whore, then it was Lala, now it's you passing the throne. Which, yes, I mean, the foreshadowing there is just unbelievable. But also, you know, if you were watching the scene and you had just come in fresh and you're seeing Raquel tell Sheena one thing about the sleeping arrangements, it then flashes back to Brock on the basketball court with Sandoval and Schwartz, them telling him a different story. You would say, all right, something is off here. But this is when the Schwartz of it all is so relevant because the only reason they were able to play this off as, yeah, maybe they were bending the truth because they didn't want it to, quote, look a certain way was because they could lean back on the Schwartz and Raquel of it all. That is, yeah, like in that confessional where Raquel's wearing like a pink sparkly thing, she's like, no, I didn't make a move on Schwartz. Nothing happened with Schwartz. And she's like, and obviously nothing happened with Sandoval too. I'm like, oh my God, I really had to rewind back of like why we actually cared so much. And it, it was nothing to do with Sandoval. But that's, you would think like, it, this plan is too genius and too layered for them to think about this and say like, oh, we're going to use you as a scapegoat. But it just came out so perfectly that they were able to do so. And they all thought like, oh my God, Raquel's scared of Katie and scared of like, she, how mad she'll be if she knows. And Sandoval is just letting this happen. But that was obviously not the case at all. Like they fucking bamboozled us all. It's almost as though Katie was a paid actor in that Katie yes. having such a big reaction to even just the idea of their makeout allowed them to sneak around a little bit more and have it not be weird that they were sneaking around a little bit more when Sandoval was there because they could all be, you know, under the general umbrella of not wanting to ruffle the feathers with Katie. Meanwhile, <laughs> Katie could not be less of a factor. It's 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 honestly pretty genius coming from two people who Definitely even together, not playing with 52 cards. Julie was saying today on the episode, like, are you over it? Like, do you want to watch? And like, I know the facts so solidly now of all of Scandaval and all of this. Like, I literally know everything. I've heard every angle that it's been recounted. But like, 
when I saw those last five minutes of Raquel giving us new details, like I, my body was shaking. So if someone's trying to give us something new that I haven't heard before, I am so in, but I do think that there is like a limit of how I can hear this story. And I also feel like even specifically asking Ariana about it is so old news. Like she's so past it. Like I'm not just saying that because I'm best friends with her boyfriend now, but like (laughs) she's just so past it in every sense. And like he is a stranger to her. Like he's just like this loser that she used to date who she went through this. Like she got the cover of Glamour. She got all these things. Like I just think it's a different stratosphere and I'm I'm uninterested in hearing her talk about him anymore because she he's just like some loser. Right. Any any interest or curiosity that would be filled by hearing her talk about it would be overshadowed by my not wanting her to have to engage in that. You know? Yeah. It's Unless like, she's giving us something new. I just like don't I don't want to make her talk more and more and more about like the night she found out, even though I obviously love that. But like I think I have the full picture now. So like I don't need to hear her talk about that. That was like something that happened to her six months ago. Right. But four months ago. Here's here's my question. And this is what I said to Julie. If hypothetically, six months down the line, Raquel decides to do a sit-down interview, you would be watching that, right? Oh, Raquel, I'm interested in because we haven't heard like that much of her. Like Ariana, we've gotten so many interviews. Her friends have said, you know, things that are from the same perspective and the same timeline as her, but like if Raquel is just going to repeat like her final confessional and just completely go balls to the walls, like no limits, I am seated and ready. I'm yeah. not sick of it. I just I have, I feel at a content place with my knowledge of the situation. Yes, exactly. And I feel content putting a pin in it unless we are to get new information, in which case we will debrief those to the gods. And that also... Leaves the question of what will happen next season, but that is not a mountain I'm trying to climb. <laughs> we got we got far bigger fish to not only fry but also like eat, grill, a lot of a lot of <laughs> different things to do. Kebab, <laughs> sushi roll, <laughs> filet. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. 
That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. I can't lie and say that I was like overly excited about OC returning. It sort of just happened like, oh, tonight OC is going to be on. But the minute I started watching and these last couple of episodes, I've been enjoying myself on such another level of just, maybe it's like old school housewives where the fights are somewhat more surface level. The dynamics are there. It's striking such a nice breezy balance that I'm really enjoying myself. Like, not that we have like pages of things to necessarily recap, but I'm loving it. How do you feel? Yeah, I'm honestly really pleasantly surprised. I actually think the night that I was watching the OC premiere was the night that you were at the Vanderpump reunion part three premiere, like with (laughs) the cast, right? That was, that was the same night. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So like, obviously that was not our priority in discussing it, but I've just been enjoying myself. I mean, listen, who's to say how this season goes? But for me, at least, I think one of the reasons I'm in is because it just feels more substantial when you're talking about friendships that we know have history. Like Tamara and Shannon, regardless of how you feel about them, they go way back. Heather's been in the mix for a while, you know? Even Emily and Gina, of course, in a different way. Like, I'm just enjoying the flow. I agree with you. And like Taylor coming into it, it's just great. And I like this casting of Jen. Like, I think she fits in perfectly. She has a really interesting personal storyline, but she's also like just jumping right in with the women. But I also like that extra layer that we learned this week that, yes, she's Tamara's friend and like client, and she was roped in via Tamara, but they had past feud history that they are now rehashing and bringing up and explaining the dynamic to us on camera. Like, oh my God, talk about like a bonus two for one special. I know a blonde Jen is a dime a dozen around OC, obviously, given the fact that last season it was also blonde Jen with a husband named Ryan or Ryan. But I think so far she's additive. I agree. I want to talk about the Tamara and Shannon of it all for a second, because when I initially found out that Tamara was coming back to OC, I was really, really excited because regardless of how you feel about her, you know she's the type of housewife that wants to bring it. She's there to show up for work, to start the drama, to have those hard conversations. Like She's there to get down and dirty the same way she was at Bluestone Manor. And I can really appreciate that. I felt that in this fight with Shannon, which we can kind of talk about the last two weeks since we haven't really talked at all about it, the... Reaction was maybe overly animated in a way that I actually felt was taking away from, forget about the authenticity of the argument, but also like any potential progress. There's so much deep-rooted shit here and feelings and like a lot of things that happened off camera that it is really hard to follow. You just have to sort of like float along with their personalities and just wait to see what happens. But I just feel like there's such a genuine love there. And For me, what's actually kind of distracting when it comes to Shannon is her relationship with John because he broke up with her like very shortly after filming. And like when I'm watching them in this crystal shop, yeah, I'm focused on her FaceTiming with Tamara and Tamara apologizing in full glam and saying she hopes she comes to the party. But I don't know. Part of me is just like, 
watching the dynamic with John and like is really sad that they're not together because I love them together. And also like, then they were spending so much time together and they're just friends. And like, I don't know. I think that that has a big impact on Shannon's personal story and like what's going on maybe behind closed doors or like what's looming ahead. Well, I I also wonder, I mean, I think we spoke about this. I wonder how much of the lead up to the breakup we will see on camera, even if it's just things that we as viewers will pick up on now knowing how it ends, you know? Right. No, and I know. But wait, hold on. Just to go back to the Shannon and Tamara of it all for a second. It's like when Tamara is talking about the way that it can be difficult to be friends with Shannon at times, when she's saying certain things, I understand where she's coming from and that I do think Shannon can be a very emotionally draining person. And as we know, she really sometimes can't get out of her own way and dramatizes things. And I can certainly envision what Tamara means when she says there's been so many nights that I was on the phone with her for hours and hours and never once was she asking about me. So I'm not downplaying that that was a dynamic she was experiencing and something that caused her frustration or resentment or even hurt when she was then going through her hard times and she didn't feel it was reciprocated. Like, I'm not disagreeing with that. It's just the way that Tamara sometimes chooses to voice that I find to be very cold in nature, which like isn't necessarily surprising. She's never you know, pretended to not be like that. But as Emily said, like you could have voiced along the way how you were feeling, yet (laughs) her lack of doing so and then the expectation that Shannon, who she herself is calling out for not being self-aware, is going to come to that conclusion. It just feels a little bit hypocritical. You know what I mean? Yeah, Tamara like waits until it's at a boiling breaking point and then just like gives up. Like, I can't do this anymore. I'm so over it. Like goes on, a whole thing because she's gotten to like a level 100 versus like slowly backing away, expressing her feelings. Like she waits until it is a black and white do or die situation where like she has to get out now. And like, yes, is it Shannon's fault for not realizing and putting all this pressure on her? Maybe, but it's also Tamara's fault for not like the first sign that she was noticing that she was having these feelings or tracking these feelings to like pull out or do what was best for her until instead of waiting until it was a friendship defining thing that Shannon was completely in the dark about. Right. And like, by the way, I very much understand not wanting to be in a friendship where you feel as though you have to constantly communicate what you need from that person because you want to feel as though they just have an intuitive understanding as to where you're at. But like, That is just not really the case with Shannon, or at least at this point in her time. She can get very self-involved. She can get very in her own world. So I just think that maybe Tamara could have benefited from being a little bit more forthcoming and potentially Shannon then being receptive to that versus addressing it entirely after the fact, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. But like, I'm happy to see them back together. I know in real time that they're doing well, that her, them and Vicky are doing some like Trace Amigas live tour thing and like, it makes me feel happy because they're better together than apart. And especially now that Shannon's in her single era, like I just, I just am happy to see them together. I really am. I am such a fan of Emily. Remember I was like really touch and go there for a little while in, in the beginnings of OC. I didn't I fully get the appeal. I am so in on her. I think she's excellent. I feel like her and Heather are the smartest of the cast mm-hmm. and it adds a, a necessary edge. Yeah, and I just, I love her dynamic with Gina. Like, also, like, why am I liking Shane? Like, what Emily is making me like Shane and making him more likable. You know, that's when you know you're really good. I still 
<laughs> I do I not know, understand that relationship. No, no, it's forget. I don't even mean it critically. Like genuinely, I, I don't know. Can you like, what do you think they talk about in bed at night? <laughs> I have no idea. Right? Like, aren't you a little bit curious? I think they just like tease each other, kinda. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. So there are obviously so many different reasons that a person would want to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip, or maybe you just want to pick up a new skill or hobby, or maybe you're like me, and at one point you were almost fluent in Spanish, and then you kind of lost it and are trying to get it back. Whatever the reason, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone, which is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really immerses you in the language that you want to learn, which again, for me was Spanish. And I was kind of relearning, I guess I could say, because I really do feel that when I was abroad there, I had it so much better. And my dad would always tell me, if you don't use it, you lose it. And I kind of lost it. So first of all, number one about Rosetta Stone, they have been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Second of all, it's fast language acquisition. So They immerse you in many ways. It's no English translation. So you're really learning to speak, listen, and think in that language, which for me, that's when I always could feel it clicking when I notice myself really thinking in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you're picking up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it really is designed for long-term retention. Also speech recognition. So they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, kind of like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's convenient. There are desktop and app options with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's a lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's a 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. What do you think about Heather and Taylor in this acting situation? I just know exactly how this is going to go. And it's going to be Gretchen Malibu Country 2.0. This seems like something that was like really small and honestly done with good intent that has turned into like seeing the negatives in each other. It's like not actually what it's about. It's just like how it goes down. And like, I can't lie. I'm very excited to watch it blow up because like I said, when I was talking about how I feel about this season, like the actual content and subject matter that they're fighting about is not dire. So it allows me to like jump in and really enjoy it more because like they're probably fine now. It's like because of an acting role where Taylor's playing a detective, like it's, they're going to live. I have to tell you though, I really think that I would care significantly less about Taylor's scenes if 
ultimate girl trip didn't happen. Like I really reconnected yeah. with her. Yeah. Well, be like jumping in, like I, they would have had to do some more and like really reintroduce us to her. But I feel like I sort of know her now because she's a very different person than she was when we last saw her on Beverly Hills. Her life and her personality has shifted dramatically, which like, of course it has. For Taylor to have been on OG Beverly Hills, Ultimate Girls Trip at Dorinda's, and now be a friend of in Orange County switching over cities, that is, that's history. That is a girl that got range. Yeah. Literally get you a girl that can do all three. Also, I was so not into Gina making this whole big thing about Jen's Instagram post. Like, obviously I wasn't actually into it. Like it was kind of annoying, especially to do at the closing party. And I, but I'm glad she did it. I mean, it didn't really end up being anything, but like I I needed to be said, I feel like, you know, I wanted to see what she had to answer about it. And I love how Gina sort of spun it of like, oh, I, I thought you guys were fighting because obviously that post, you know, like she didn't say, hey, Jen, like, why'd you post that? That was so mean to Tamara. Like she pulled it from her perspective, which was like, that was like, you know, I was like, all right, you've been watching, you've been studying, you've been practicing. Like this is not season one, Gina, you are in it now. Like no matter what you think or say, you are, you have polished your craft. But it was honestly very different, but just follow me here for a second. It was almost a little bit similar to Danielle realizing at the Jersey reunion that she had been set up, meaning it was just, you know, the difference between a seasoned housewife and then a brand new housewife. Whereas not only did Jen maybe not realize that that post was going to spark anything, because I don't believe she did it maliciously. She certainly didn't know that it was going to be brought up at Tamara's cut fitness party by another housewife. Like, I think that's a moment where she's like, oh, you guys are trying to play ball. Okay, I can play ball. It just also shows the difference of like how people play the game. Whereas she shows Heather and Heather's like, let's just keep that between us. And that's not to say she would maybe not bring it up at a later point and keep it in her back pocket, but it wasn't her immediate reaction. Gina's saying like, I, I can't deal with the bullshit. I need to put it out there. Of course she has a producer hat on and is like, let me stir up some drama. Let me speak up for my friend. And I think which we also, I think, will see play out is this underlying dislike for Jen that she has right off the bat because of the whole cheating situation and the way that Jen, I think, was speaking about it also triggered her too as it relates to her own life. So, like, she already doesn't kind of like her. Why, you know, why would she hold that back? And she wants Tamara to maybe see a little bit of a shadier side to her. Well, that is, I think, honestly, going to be one of the more interesting things to watch play out because what you're seeing is basically. And Gina acknowledging this, that the issue arising, not even between her and Jen, but more so the issue that she has with Jen that's starting to come up, isn't directly something Jen did to her. It's just hitting on, obviously, something that's very sensitive to Gina, and she's not loving the way that it's being talked about or portrayed. And you know that's something that actually has the potential for a far more interesting conversation than some of these superficial fights because it's not something that happened between them, but it has a lot of depth in terms of where it's hitting. Right. It totally. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm I'm into this so far. I really and it and it feels good to be into it. Like yes, we grew up with OC. OC was for me at least, you know, really the thing that got me hooked on Bravo. It was the first ever housewife franchise. I'm sure you guys remember those Kodo Gates, like Tammy and Lynn Curtin. Like we have 
been through with these women. And so it just feels fun to have a season that's is looking to be kind of promising. I agree with you. Also like POV, you're Nikki Dubrow's college roommate and you and your mom just like stop at Bed Bath & Beyond on your way up to campus. And then <laughs> Heather gets there with like her feng shui perfectly organized room that like could easily be in an architectural digest spread. <laughs> that was killing me. I know it was a total side plot, but it was <laughs> she was just really so dedicated. Like you're ordering from the Target Comforter set website while Nikki is rolling up with custom embroidered fitted sheets. It's just, we are not the same. <laughs> and Max, and Max, Max Rowe is giving adjectives as to illustrate the vibe that she's going for in her right. room. Right. That's why, say what you want about Heather Dubrow. I know we personally love her. She is always going to bring the ultimate level of luxury. And to me, that is something that elevates a Housewives franchise. Uh, no, like you miss her when she's gone. And I don't care, even her biggest hater will have to really self-reflect and admit that that's true. I know we're kind of moving on to this phase where we're not going to be discussing necessarily every show every week and it will more so be the content of a particular episode that dictates whether or not we discuss it. And I know people, or at least it seems to be the general consensus that you know people aren't thrilled with the season of Atlanta thus far. What I want to say, I, I, I feel like my strongest opinion on this and tell me where you land on it is I'm, I'm, I don't feel comfortable like evaluating whether or not Marlo is justified in what she's saying against Candy and vice versa, because it really is such a personal issue. Like we are literally talking about the death of family members here. My one comment that I do feel comfortable making is like, I really reject the idea that because of the way Candy deals with things, it lacks uh, depth or compassion or an empathy. Because I feel like what we've seen from Candy is that, yes, maybe her method of delivery isn't overwhelmingly nurturing necessarily, but she does show up with her actions, or at least that's what we've seen. And so again, I'm not commenting on this one particular situation because I'm not going to tell Marlo how she should or should not feel on an issue that is so deeply personal to her. But just generally speaking, I can't get on board with the idea that Candy is not a warm person just because she doesn't communicate warmth in maybe like the traditional sense. Right. And her conversation with Sanya about her own past and maybe these walls that she's built, like there is so much that goes into it. And we just sort of jumped right into this storyline. And like, it's very hard to talk about and recap. And it's honestly, it's hard and painful to watch because there's so many people in pain when it comes to like this conversation and what's going on. And it's just, it's a lot. Do you ever think that Marlo and Kenya will be like copacetic again? I literally think maybe one day in the far future when one or both of them are not on the show or the show's not a thing anymore in the future, if they're in public and they could be cordial or they go on to events together, maybe. But like, as long as the show goes on, they lean so deep into it and they are so fundamentally different. And Marlo and Kenya in their own ways really care about like the storylines and like the rigid dynamics of the group that I just don't think either of them would give it up. I really don't. I, that's that's exactly how I feel. And I don't want either of them to leave. I know people really like don't tend to like Marlo, or at least that's what I see, but I, I can't help it. I really like her. And even though at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, like I'm going to be more team candy generally, I do like Marlo. I know she puts it on for the show, whatever you want to call it. But I, I for some reason, I have a real soft spot for her. I feel like what happened with Marlo is like you give a mouse a cookie kind of thing where everyone fought so hard 
and literally rode for her that she needs a peach. Give her the peach. She deserves the peach. And once she got the peach, she's, she lost a little bit of herself and the part of her that we loved when she was just the friend of. Maybe she felt pressure to bring the storyline. Maybe it's because the cameras are on her and we're seeing her in a deeper way that she's like figuring out what to share and that balance. But like, obviously I want to give her more chances. I just think like it's a different Marlo than we've been used to seeing sort of on the sidelines as this like funny commentator and just in these dynamics with the women that was a little bit lighter because she wasn't getting the screen time. And I really want her to find the balance and just be herself and not try hard. Like you don't need a storyline or to say things for the show. You know, like she has to take the producer, watcher, fan of the show hat off a a little bit. Yeah, which by the way, I think is hard to do when you had been a friend of for so long and wanted this so badly. There's so much pressure. Yeah, and I get, that's what I'm saying. I understand feeling the pressure. I just think she's at her best when she is a little bit more in her natural state. But like, by the way, I I don't give a shit about anything else. I know this isn't bringing the drama. I love watching her at home with Michael and William. I love the bond she has with those kids. I do. I think it's, it's really special. I mean, the, think about the role that she has in their lives. Like it's, it's game changing for them. It's, it's to have that stability. No, it's incredible. She's a great person. I think she is. I know. I don't know. I, I know a lot of people aren't fans, but I, I can't help it. Yeah, but like as a housewife, whatever, maybe you don't like how she's in the drama, but like I think she really does have a good heart. I think so too. Is there anything else that you would like to mention about anything? I don't think so. I mean, after you finish this podcast, I can highly recommend watching Bowen Yang and Matt Rogers on Watch Rappens Live. It was an incredible, incredible episode of television. And I'm just excited. The New York women are in... St. Bart's, they're having a good old time and I'm so excited to watch that. I can't even tell you. That is when we will be peaking for sure. That is our, that's our bread and butter. Yeah, that is our bread and butter. Exactly. <laughs> okay, guys, we love you so much. Thank you for listening and thank you for letting us do this. And Julie and I will see you later this week for Kardashians. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.